Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betspurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Rams up next in our glowing, warm review, preview of the NFC West, where we have some electric we got some teams that are super bowl contenders we got some teams that have recently won super bowls nfc west is uh is where it's at andy this is some of the most entertaining football in uh in the league uh and uh yeah this rams um franchise uh what's what's the right word devolvement uh is amazing to see and it is not because the you know the pandemic has completely broken my brain about time, but it sure feels like Stafford ho- hoisting Lombardi Cooper Cup Super Bowl MVP happened fifty years ago, a million years ago, at a minimum. No, it did. It's like oh shit, last year was their was their Super Bowl defense, I guess. Yeah. And it, uh, this, this thing fell and, apart uh, so quickly. It's amazing. I want to hand clap us, I guess. I mean, the year they won the Super Bowl, w- go watch the preview from 2021 if you want. But I'll just tell you, we were we were very much banging the table for this team might be bad because they're like two injuries away from being a very bad team. Like they've they've built this thing where it's it's so incredibly top heavy and it looks really good if everybody's healthy and everyone's playing at least at a, you know the levels that's expected that's a really good team but if you if you lose a couple players if you lose your center if you lose one wide receiver if you lose any piece that's important at any level of the defense this thing falls apart uh like a jenga tower man and it didn't happen and you know the the impossible happened where they stayed pretty healthy everything worked out stafford fit in well and they won the super bowl we're just, I guess we're, you're early on it. And that doesn't make you a lot of money, but I mean, last year was, <laughs> I mean, last year, that's what it was. It was the, oh, you're top heavy and thin. And this is how a team like this falls apart kind of thing, because yeah, it was a, it was a Super Bowl title, you know, it was defense and they went out and it was five and 12 cup tours, ACL Stafford missed time with concussions on top of the elbow injury. Um, you know, they needed to probably do some sort of an O-line rebuild. They just decided, you know, through a lack of draft capital and uh, unavailable pieces, it just didn't happen. I mean, that was, you know, bringing Baker Mayfield into the uh, end of the season. And then, you know, kind of where we have ended up here in 2023, the defense started to be had outside of one surefire gold jacket kind of where, You've got uh, AD, and I mean, even Ramsey at times wasn't what we'd seen in years. It sucks he's hurt already, but obviously for another team, but it does suck that he's hurt. But that, uh, yeah, the defense took some steps back, and that's how you lose 12 games. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... I mean, you, that Cooper Cup, we do this thing with Je- Jefferson and Tyreek and. Um, Chase and they're like, uh, you know, these online arguments where it's the magic or excuse me, Michael LeBron stuff. But like, for my money, give me a healthy Cooper Cup all year because I don't know. It seems like it's 
sometimes it's easier to find a, a couple guys who can at least run fast for some outside threats. Somebody who's that effective in the slot constantly, he's a he, just watching those games that I've bet against him, he's an enormous pain in the ass. And I think that that's like a huge compliment. Like it just has to be maddening to kind of scheme against a team that can just constantly do that across anything you put out because you either have to have a God level nickel corner or, you know, just, I guess your, your zone better be really tied up in the middle and you better have some fast linebackers. You just fucked all the time. And cup cups, the kind of guy who's like, Oh no, you got like 2000 yards. somehow. And he, he got uh, 200 fucking targets this year. And the, I mean, these are players that are still on the team. Cup is kind of trending towards playing pretty early in the year. There's still some pieces. That was my biggest thing. And I wanted your opinion. I was actually kind of excited to talk to you about the Rams a little because of having the caliber of quarterback they have, having that true, and it's not the same as, you know, an outside guy, but having a true wide receiver one, having a God level defensive presence to build around like it does kind of feel like they're biding their time and maybe going to try to run this back one more time next year i just don't know if you have enough capital to try to put that together so i'm kind of stuck at where they're at as a franchise and and i didn't even mention you have a a high-end coach you have a high-end coach high-end play caller high-end scheme you know put her together at this point as well yeah okay um, so I don't very, know, like where, where, where's where's your head at as far as where they're at on a like a long term arc with this year. Well, like, what's the fucking plan, Drew? It's it's tough, man, because the last time we saw these guys, they were non competitive with uh, Baker Mayfield out there. Although they did have some incredible wins at the end of last season, <laughs> including beating the um, uh, Raiders in prime time. As huge dogs and uh, and winning the Nickelodeon slime game uh, against the um, uh, the Broncos, right? Wasn't that like a fifty to nothing game or something insane like that? Um, so it's it's a it's a weird uh, you know kind of reflecting on uh, you know how this team was power rated towards the end of last year uh, and squaring with how people feel about them now. Um, and I look at the roster. This is. Like, Dude, I and I like I did this and I tripped out because I was like, oh yeah, they won the Super Bowl. Like, let's look at their roster in like January 2021, whatever that was. It was January 2022. It's been 18 months since this team won the Super Bowl. And they are, and I was like, man, so much roster turnover. Well, no, eight of the eleven starters that they have on the depth chart for week one were on this roster. Uh, took the field, played in that Super Bowl. So there is a bit of a through line here on the offensive side of the depth chart with this Rams team. Um, it's really the defense that has you scratching your heads in terms of what is the uh, what is the plan here. Um, these guys are Aaron Donald and the a cast of characters that I, I I mean I can't even kind of wrap my head around how where'd you even find these guys? Like what what is uh, uh, what you know, where how did you populate this side of the football? Um, and that's uh, that's concerning because, um, you know, one of the things that made the the Rams so special was they were a pretty fairly balanced team, they weren't just doing it with the, the offensive genius of Sean McVay. It was it was balanced, they had a great defense anchored by, as you mentioned, the Hall of Famer Aaron Donald. 
um, you know, of the guys that they are starting here in on the defensive side, I think there's only two uh, that uh, were on that uh, Super Bowl team. So, um, you know, this is a pretty aggressive turnover here. And a lot of the guys that really stood out on that defense are gone. Um, so they're going to have to get it done by scoring 30 points a game. And the question that I have about actually being able to do that revolves around the health of Matt Stafford first, the health of Cooper Cup second, the uh, continuity and ability of the offensive line to provide protection for a quarterback who has had pretty significant elbow injury now going on two years. So, I, you know, I look at it, this team overall and the particularly the defensive side of the of the roster, and I think, you know, this isn't a barely an NFL franchise, and I and they're being power rated like they're you know still going to win some games, but I almost want to pay to see it. And, uh, you know, I think the downside, the tail, you know, the tail part of the distribution of what could happen to them this year is pretty, pretty bad. It's pretty low, but it's fueled by the idea that Cooper Cup isn't on the team anymore because they've traded him for assets for future rebuild or Stafford's not on the team because they've traded him or he's retired or he's been put on injured reserve. Like those are realistic possibilities in my mind. Aaron Donald. I mean, I don't think you want to necessarily let those guys walk out the door because you want to put them in your ring of honor. You want them to retire as Rams. But if the reality is we are in rebuild mode, we need to lose games, we need to get draft capital, and we need to start drafting and developing. Like if that becomes the plan at any point, instead of let's run it back one more time, we got our we got our Super Bowl offense here, guys. We just got to score 30 points a game and hold on for dear fucking life. Um, you know, like I, I think we're going to know pretty soon in the season what the you know what the wind with which direction the wind is blowing does that make sense yeah it does too and you know obviously trying to read the tea leaves on stafford has been tough but i think he's just i feel like he's going to try to play through this elbow thing through the rest of his career i i think he just realizes like it's tough too just it, he has to be able to know like what this team's looking like this year and that makes it trickier but you know he's not young anymore maybe he realizes like i can't sit out if i if i sit a whole season i'm just i might as well retire maybe that's where he's at and he just has come to the realization like i don't want to retire yet versus if i you know if i get this elbow fixed up and i miss significant time because of it do i really want to come back and play football so i'm just gonna stick it out with this mm -hmm. it's really last year it was the concussions that kept him out We've just we've been waiting for this elbow to put him out for significant time for <laughs> good three years now, and it it just doesn't seem to be doing its job quite well enough. But yeah, there there's a there's a definite case for uh, oh shit, this is broken. Even some of the guys that we you know brought in last year to kind of improve the defensive touch, and I don't know, you can say what you want about Bobby Wagner. God, who's the edge rusher they had in here last year? That, Bobby uh, Wagner graded okay for me. He last played year. um Leonard, <laughs> he... Leonard Leonard Floyd. Like there were some guys that were they graded okay for this team last year, and then uh, you know they're gone again. You know, you, you had some guys that weren't here all that long. You had you lost Jalen Ramsey. Like you, you have deficits at all three levels in the defense. So if the defense is truly bad, and you're not getting it done with. You know, it, it, we mentioned Stafford and Cup a lot, but I think it's it's fair to start talking about what's after that because Van Jefferson hasn't really lived up to any sort of expectations. Obviously, Allen Robinson didn't, but 
little bit of a different situation last year before he left. Ben Skronik, um, Higby, Cam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the the rest the rest of the offensive skill position players don't lend me to think that this is gonna be like, oh, it's an explosive enough offense to make up for a bad defense. And next year they're just a few pieces away. They're mm-hmm. just gonna get they're yeah. gonna pick up a couple defensive free agents, and this is a team that's gonna compete with San Francisco and Seattle, and everything's gonna be hunky dory. It does feel like uh like to your point, I don't know how this happens or who pays or what his contract situation looks like, but and maybe it's after the season. Maybe that's where it happens, but the Cooper Cup not being on this team long term kind of checks out. Yeah. Um I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think realistically, if if the if you self-evaluate after the first quarter of the season and you're one and three or two and two even, but you can tell that, you know, your defense is just not even NFL caliber. If you can tell that, you know, like you're one Cooper Cup injury away from being irrelevant again or one Matthew Stafford injury away from being irrelevant again, I think you got to pull the ripcord and you got to tack into a rebuild because last year you were expected to win 10 and a half games. Super Bowl odds were... 11 to 1 ish to start the season. Uh, you win five. That had to probably be the le- the biggest misfit to the under of any team, I think. Close. 10 and a half to five. Was any, did anyone miss their win total and won the five and a half last year? That's usually about to, the biggest. To the miss. negative? I was going to say there's a couple that are five, maybe six Bron- over. But... Maybe Broncos was a bigger miss. Oh, yeah. The Broncos were right probably there. up there as well. Yeah. Well, what's funny about both of those teams, the Broncos and the Rams, is neither had a top 10 pick, even though they won like five games. <laughs> they both had traded away their picks for their respective quarterbacks. Uh, so the pick that would have helped the rebuild at six went to Detroit. Detroit traded that pick, obviously, to the Cardinals, who drafted Paris Johnson Jr. But you know what would be nice? A big, shiny, awesome OL1 to put to put on this line to help protect Stafford for one more go at it, I guess. Um, so it's you know it's it's uh, they're paying the piper in a lot of respects for the crash, you know, the slash and burn draft picks don't mean anything. Stars and scrubs approach that they took, they are yeah. damn damn lucky they won the super bowl or there would be people whose job would pay, be paying with their jobs for um you know the state of the franchise i think um and you know it's it was a very fortunate path for them we covered it last year in the preview but like if if the niners if 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 dak gets off a pass at the end of that niners cowboys game and the cowboys win they go to tampa instead of the rams Rams go to Green Bay, where they never solved Aaron Rodgers at all. Never had a realistic, good, good performance in cold weather, and uh, they matched up perfectly with the Bucks. They win the Bucks game. The Niners take care of business in San Francisco. I mean, in uh, Green Bay, kind of the perfect roster, perfect team to do that. Uh, and the result is, as a four seed, you get the freaking you get a home NFC championship game and then a home Super Bowl, and you didn't have to you didn't have to play Josh Allen, you didn't have to play Pat Mahomes, you got. In his first ever playoff push, Joe Burrow and company, the surprise Bengals, like you kind of can't even script it any better than that. And that's what it took to get this team there. Super Bowl that they were so, you know, so enamored to get. And um, now now they pay the piper right now. Now, now, now the bill comes due. And that's just I feel like if we if we went and actually looked back, man, maybe maybe it's more common now. Because it feels like in the 90s, like those Cowboys teams are so good. And those 49ers teams, honestly, anybody in the NFC East that won a Super Bowl 
in the late 80s through the early 90s was just a really good team. But it feels like we've had more of those over the past, you know, 15 years where it's like, how'd this team get to the Super Bowl? Like, they, they you know, it's not like, oh, this was a shitty team. And yeah, they don't right. deserve to be in the playoffs. But it's like, and that they don't make the Super Bowl all that often. And, the, you know, the Rams, honestly, both Giants teams that won it both times. I mean, they, they needed some things to happen. There was a Steelers team, uh, the, ah, yeah. the, Fl- the Flacco, the Flacco uh, Ravens that won it. Like, that yeah. was just outlier performances. It's It's crazy how... I, th- I think maybe, you know, what, what did we talk about? What, what did the NFL want? They wanted this, you know, parody. And I think we're getting a little closer to that. If you can get into the playoffs and you can run hot a little, it's it's just not the same league as we used to have. Yeah, I would also say that uh, it's even more stark in baseball because they play 162 freaking games. So by the time you get to the end of season, you know who the best teams are. <laughs> like, And yeah. the fact that they don't win the World Series very often is a little, feels like a little bit more of an injustice. Yeah, 2001 um, Mariners. Oof. Yeah, I'll, this is a laundry list of really, really good baseball teams that did not make it deep in the MLB playoffs. But uh, uh, yeah, for sure, it, the, the Super Bowl does not always go to the best team. Um, and it takes some luck, and uh, we probably don't really acknowledge that as much as we should, and the Rams are probably kind of the the, the textbook example. 2022, um, besides being a lost year on this, from the standpoint of uh, uh, only winning five games, I mean, at one point, this team was f- three and like 12, right, or three and 10, something like that. Um, I forget. Maybe it was only three and nine, but um, they, they pick up w- wins week two and week three, um, they only covered in week three. Uh, they were a bad team against the spread all season, uh, despite uh, covering in four of their final six. They finished the season six, ten, and one against the spread. Um, they were an under team, so it was largely the offensive line injuries combined with Stafford underperforming, combined with Cup getting hurt, uh, really led this team to struggle offensively a number of games. Um, they only scored nine in the loss at San Francisco. I remember backing them that day and feeling like an absolute idiot. Uh, they only scored 10 against the Cowboys the next week. And this is when they were still quasi healthy. Um, they have a stretch in the middle of the season where they could not get two twenty points to save their lives. They finally do it against the, the saints, but the saints uh, scored 27. So they still lost. Uh, it's not until the Denver game where they blew up for 51 points. I think largely cause Denver quit. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else that happens. And I didn't watch much of that game outside of the Patrick interview where Russell Wilson threw the pick. Um, so ultimately, uh, you know, just a total, totally shit show lost season. And, um, you know, I think that maybe, maybe coloring perceptions a little more than it ought to be in terms of how things are going to go this year. Um, you want to talk about their off season? Ah, Andy's muted. <laughs> gotta get back to that tab um yeah obviously didn't have a lot of draft capital high up they actually had quite a few picks especially once they did some trading and i think a lot of that comes from no oh, you we, we'll trade you our first for this and you throw in a, a sixth and a seventh i'm gonna have to look at where all these trades come from because of their last um the last seven picks they made two of them were theirs to begin with Oh, so they, wow. they did, you know, they did a lot of wheeling and dealing. They had, yeah, they had four, four in the seventh. It looks like they took three. They traded one. Same in the sixth. One, two, three, four, four in the fifth. They took Stetson Bennett, who is their backup at this point now. 
But yeah, the they got a guard at 36, uh, Steve Avila from TCU, and then really the you know the offseason wasn't uh, wasn't super offseasony, I guess. Maybe in maybe last year we didn't even talk about this. They did lose a coordinator last year to Minnesota. I know everyone McVeigh is the the architect here, but sometimes those things matter. As you know, that was a guy that uh, he put together game plans with for a couple years. And it didn't. Uh, it doesn't help to lose a guy like that. It'll be interesting to see what happens with some of these places. Though, you know, the Andy Reeds and the Sirianni's of the world who oh, lost yeah. their their second hand man. Dude, outside of uh, McVeigh, the um, the Rams uh, coaching uh, org chart is a revolving door it's a revolving door seriously like there's a new guy in a new in a a new position every single year going back like six years now like the lack of continuity underneath mcveigh i think is impacting their ability to develop even though maybe a bigger impact is that they are trading away their picks so they can't they don't have talented players that they're drafting to develop. But whatever the case is, it has really been an aggressive turnover in the head coaching room. Last year's offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, no longer with the team. He is uh I don't think he got another job. Oh no, he's the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Kentucky now in college football, going back to the role he had in 2021. So McVeigh loses McConnell. He goes and gets Kentucky's OC and then sends him back after what a fucking segue, Drew. (laughs) Um, we're so we're pre-recording this. If you're trying to watch it live and you can't comment, we're or we're ignoring your comment because uh, Drew has some traveling. But we're gonna put this up on a Monday, and today, if you live in Kentucky, it's pre-registration day. So uh, if you want to support the brand. And you're in Kentucky, and you're going to sign up anyway. Please go over to you know just at Betsperts on Twitter. Uh, we're going to have we have guys that are working on this today. It's Friday when we're recording this. Like there's two or three people at the company today that are working on making sure all the sportsbooks give us their you know their best offers so we can send them out to people in Kentucky and get them signed up. So are you allowed? Sh- there yeah. should be a shitload of promos for you if you do some of these pre because a lot of these states you can do the pre registration. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And get the promo, and then um, when they when they actually go live, you get the second promo because uh-huh. uh, Kentucky's slated to go live September twenty eighth. Okay. Uh, but the the pre reg will start August twenty eighth. Okay. So does the uh, do they have any rules about? Are you allowed to bet on Kentucky football and Liam Cohen's offense? I, I haven't checked into that. Every state is so stupid about these yeah. rules. The rules are this very truth, very dumb. These, people. these kids in Iowa are not helping us. Yeah, like the, those um, those kids yeah. that are gambling on their own teams, they're not helping to not get those rules put into place. Yeah, but yeah, um, no. And now they now they have. Uh, and granted, it is again, it is McVay's offense, but uh, Mike Lafleur, who is jettisoned from the Jets, mm. yeah, he gone. Uh, they also they lost beyond just Liam Cohen. They weren't even able to retain guys who kind of are good. On, we're down on the assistance chart, like Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown would have been a good guy to elevate into OC. Um, he is gone. Uh, he's the offensive coordinator somewhere else now. I forget off the top of my head. He's Panthers OC. Him. Panthers OC. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's it's troubling. Um, 
you did retain your defensive coordinator, but he is working with all new pieces. So continuity doesn't exactly help you. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the, the list. Okay. So I do this, uh, uh, screening of my database of players for players who are no longer with the team who were with the team last year and players who have been added right from just from the database, not, not including draft choices. These are the players who played for the Rams last year who are no longer with the team in order of good of, of, of impact and score last year to, you know, most to least. You ready for this? Yeah. Linebacker, Bobby Wagner, defensive back, Jalen Ramsey, linebacker, Leonard Floyd, quarterback, Baker Mayfield, Defensive tackle Greg Gaines. Oh, took, I feel Mac like we Yay. took a step from. Oh, we took. Floyd oh, there was Baker. a big. Oh, there was a big old step from Floyd to Baker for sure. Yeah. Uh, defensive tackle Greg Greg Gaines. Kicker Matt Gay. Uh, defensive back Taylor Rapp. Defensive back Nick Scott. Uh, cornerback Troy Hill. Uh, linebacker Justin Hollins. Tackle Ty Nishiki. Uh, defensive tackle Ashawn Robinson. Guard Ode Abushi. Hunter, Riley Dixon, running back Daryl Henderson, wide receiver Allen Robinson, center Matt Skura, tackle Chandler Brewer, offensive lineman David Edwards, offensive tackle Bobby Evans, offensive or outside linebacker uh, Terrell Lewis, uh, defensive back uh, David Long, wide receiver Brandon Powell, running back Malcolm Brown, safety Terrell Burgess, linebacker Jake Gervais, Guard, Jeremiah Colon, long snapper, Matthew Orzek, quarterback Bryce Perkins, and quarterback John Wolford. I just named 30 players who took snaps for this team last year or were on, you know, made game day rosters at some point who are no longer Rams. You ready for the list of players they added through free agency, Andy? Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver. Brett Rippon, quarterback. Sony Michelle run back who promptly retired. <laughs> they added three. They lost 30 and basically signed guys off the street, undrafted free agents, rookies to play. Oh, so you say we, we, we don't dig into role. special teams all that much, but um and I, I guess I'm gonna have to pay attention to this a little. I didn't watch much of their preseason yet, but Essentially, rookie everything on special teams: new punter, new kicker. Uh, the, yeah, the, the I didn't place, mention John kicker, Johnson, undrafted. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Un- they, undrafted free been... agents, uh, new long snapper, undrafted free agent, new yeah. punter. Your punter's your holder. So a lot of these, uh, <laughs> a lot of these are going to be you know guys that uh, we haven't seen a ton from yet. Yeah. I didn't mention camp ad John Johnson, who um, by my grades is now your second best defensive player, and you added him in camp. So it's wild looking at the Our Louds depth chart, Andy. The entire third string of Rams defense is all rookies. <laughs> I don't think I've ever training. seen that before. I, I don't know well, that I've ever seen that it's, before. The depth, the depth is very young, and if if that gets tested, it's going to be a problem. And truthfully, I hope they do test it because oh, yeah. you have a bunch of guys outside, like you say. You know, I, I don't know how you feel about a kilo Witherspoon. I could. Uh, I think we could do better than than some of these spots. Uh, obviously, like you said, Josh Johnson just steps into just starting deep safety at this point. But there's a bunch of names that are young players, rookies, undrafted free agents that might as well get them some time, see what you have here if they make the squad. Yeah, I don't have a very solid read one way or the other on Akilah Witherspoon. I will tell you this, though. Um, the I song think it's of. A downward trend. 
I think so. Too. I think the sum of the parts here is like it's very, very low number. Okay. When I'm like looking at positional grouping rankings, things like that across the NFL, like there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of dark red here, a lot of 31s, a lot of 32s. That said, um, most of the low grades that I'm giving is because there are so many guys that I just have zeros, ones. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is this guy, is this guy better than a replacement, you know, below replacement level player? Zero clue. So, I, you know, I acknowledge that there is a massive amount of uncertainty here. They've obviously, you know, there's been mixed reports out of camp about how these guys are adjusting to their roles, responsibilities, blah, 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 blah. Certainly there's a little bit more optimism from things that I read that this offense could be, um, you know, something noteworthy to start the season. The defense is just like, everybody's literally like, what is, what's, what's, what's happening here? How, how is this happening? What is the plan? How are they going to do this? Um, they have had a couple of preseason games where they, the defense has been, what's the right word, shitty, um, you know, getting absolutely pushed around by the twos, uh, from the Raiders. Um, in fact, making Aiden O'Connell look like, uh, he should have been considered as first overall, uh, in preseason week two, uh, is to me more of a reflection of the Rams than it is. Uh, a reflection of Aiden O'Connell has, as even though like surely he looks like he will be, be a very solid backup to Jimmy G, much more so than um, uh, Brian Hoyer would be. Uh, they also gave up 34 points to the Chargers. Uh, they didn't make Stetson Bennett look quite as good. I mean, excuse me, they, Stetson Bennett is their backup. My bad. Um, they didn't make. Uh, the uh, the Chargers backup quarterback Max Dugan or Easton Stick look especially good, but that said, um, they couldn't get off the field with Elijah Dotson running it down their throats. So, uh, no good, no really good takeaways from the way that they've populated this depth chart. Uh, and I think this defense is probably starting the season squarely thirty second in the NFL, despite having a Hall of Famer anchoring things. Um, do you take any exception to having them as the last defense in terms of power rating in the NFL, Andy? It's crazy that you have to do that with Aaron Donald on the squad. But yeah. um, the, the only pushback I would have on that is some things I've read about uh, uh, the, the defensive secondary, especially with the addition of Josh Johnson now. I have to find it here. I think, yeah, Football Outsiders says – they kind of went negative on it and then pulled back. It says the entire start projected starting defensive backfield consists of day three picks on rookie contracts, which that second part can be a positive, though that might be slightly <laughs> underselling the talent. They said Fuller started every game during their Super Bowl run and missed a lot of last year with his hamstring. He'll be back. Uh, Nickelback Durant got his uh, said he got his hands in the ball a lot in limited playing time as a fourth round rookie. Looks like there's potential there. Uh, Darian Kendrick got, you know, he was one that got pushed into starting duty. It says earlier than they would have hoped. So these guys are, there's potential in the defensive secondary, mm -hmm. I guess, it, just looking at the, the guys that are going to be, you know, surrounding Aaron Donald, I guess there's upside just because you still got to put some hats on him. But, okay. um, I, I did read a couple places that the, there's some upside in the youth of the secondary. Um, but like we've mentioned a million times during these preseasons, you need a pass rush to help them out. And if that isn't happening, if you're not getting that from like 
oh, you know, Byron, you're going to have a rookie at outside linebacker on one side. You're going to have Michael hooked on the other. And some of the, you know, again, some of the backups are unsigned free or yeah, unsigned undrafted free agents or rookies backing those guys up. If, if you don't have some steps forward in the pass rush, even if it's on the interior, anything would get you some pressures it's going to you know, hurt those guys that we see this potential in the defensive secondary. So mm-hmm. I, I can see them being better than you know the 32nd-ranked team we're getting them, but it's going to take some things to happen. Yeah. And even um, that, the, ceil- the ceiling's not very high. No, it's not. Okay, so real quick, the, uh, the, any bull case for the uh, Rams – it has nothing to do with the defense being effective at all. I don't think. I, I really no, you, saying, it's not, you keep saying yeah. they got to score thirty points a game. Yeah, that's still probably yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. So that part of it is contingent on the offensive line being league average, in my opinion. And right now, I grade them bottom five. Am I being too hard on this unit? That in part, I think my grades are low because they are injury prone. Um, if they have a healthy campaign, it could be very different. Uh, you know, Rob Havenstein is the only guy in at any level on this offensive line that I grade as above replacement level. Um, the other, the next closest is Brian Allen. Um, what is your general sense of protection for Stafford? Will it matter? And uh, will we be pleasantly surprised by this unit? There was a quote from McVay saying Joe, no, Joe Noteboom is one of the five best offensive linemen on this roster. <laughs> was It was meant to be. A, I didn't it, see that. It was. Oh, no. It, it was it was in regards to, you know, like where once once he's because, he, you know, he's fighting an injury. Once he's healthy, like basically, is he is he your starter on left side? And that was his quote. And it's like, oh no, that's not the flex you think it is. <laughs> that's I, I thought I saved that because I thought you got a kick out of that. Oh, that we were talking God. about no boom earlier. Oh, no. I had that quote typed out. I'm like, I'm gonna save this one for the air. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm not super hopeful that the offensive line grades out very well this year, I guess. Okay. Uh, you think bottom five is fair, or do, am I being too tough? It's probably there, yeah. Okay. Joe Nopum's, Joe Nopum's cap hit next year is $20 million. Bitch. He is uh, he is going to play this year, Andy, because he is worth 21.5 in dead cap. Um, so they're going to give him a chance, see what he's got. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um off-season grades, you get an F. And here's why. Wow. Self-evaluate, guys. Like yeah, know where you're at. Know where you're at. Tear it down. Sell for parts. Get trash capital. Like maybe that's harder than it seems to me. That's possible. But you have true blue assets in Donald and Cup. And yeah, you want to keep it together and you want to make your fans think that you're gonna have, you know, give it a give it one more run. You're not. Your best bet, you know, your your best possible outcome was your offense is, you know, the the 2020, uh, 2021, 2022 Rams. And 
you're still probably a 500 team. And that's, you know, maybe that's good enough to get you into the seventh spot in the wild card. But then you're going to get your brain beaten on the road in the wild card round. And so it's like, I don't really understand exactly the point of not going into draft capital accumulation and let's start bringing in guys who we can develop this year for the future. Uh, and honestly, setting yourself up for a top two pick next year. That should be the vision here. Not let's make one more run at it, in my opinion. Stafford is not the long-term answer at quarterback. You know that he has meaningful health questions. And I think if you can get a top two pick in next year's draft, you can get a blue chip quarterback to build around. Rebuild is on. And I don't know why that's not the vision, but it doesn't feel like they're there yet. Is that fair? Well, yeah, I mean, like, what what do you think that trade looks like to get that high-end pick then? No, no, I'm saying going into this season, like success, success should be Win three games. I'm just not. I'm just not used to them having a first round pick. They have, yeah. They have their first. They have their they own have, next year. They have their own first round pick next year. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. No, I think. I mean, realistically, like, do you know you the know? last time they used their first round pick? Oh, uh, it was it probably was on, on Goff. Drew. It was Goff. It was Goff. Yeah. 2016. 2016. Holy <laughs> shit! There's gonna be an eight yard gap between first round picks for them. Uh, and Fuck like, it, you got a Super Bowl. I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. Like your fans don't care. You sold PSLs to SoFi. Like you got the money. Like you, you know, fans aren't running you out of town. Fans are more you know keyed up for Lakers season starting than could give a shit about the Rams. So don't know if you don't know if you didn't already know that, but uh, there's not really a lot of buzz in the Southern California area for you know professional football franchises, and there never has been, and there probably never will be. Um, they cared a lot more about probably seeing Inter Miami than they do going to any Rams game this year. Um, I would say that the vision should have been to you know get what you can get for the guys. Who are still who still have juice in the tank, even though that means shipping off future Hall of Famers and at Super Bowl MVPs. You should have done it, and you should have come into the season with a a little bit more of a war chest of young players who were not day three picks. And you should be angling for uh, stocking up in next year's draft, which looks like a pretty good draft, especially at the top. That's my opinion. And for the fact that you have not recognized and done the self-evaluation to get to that point yourself, you get enough. I just hate giving you Fs. I'm too nice. (laughs) Give you a D. I don't give Fs. I'm grading on a curve. Here's the thing, man. They set themselves... if If they win six, seven, eight games this year, which is well within the range of outcomes if they get 16 starts out of Stafford or 17 starts out of Stafford, You've set your rebuild back two years. Yeah, teams don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, how teams okay. every 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 time we do these previews, we talk about ten teams. It's like, oh man, all they did was like delay their rebuild. Teams are so like you. You said it perfectly. They don't self evaluate. Very few teams do, and they don't give a shit. It's gonna be crazy how hard they try to win games this year that they shouldn't. 
I mean, even last year, granted, Lovey Smith was in a weird spot, but teams will win games. They should not win. There's never going to be a greater example of that. Let's uh, look at who they're going to play this year. The schedule implies seven and a half wins. There's a lot of rest disadvantage in there, huh? Yeah. They got to play four teams coming off bus. They do, and both of them back to back like this. I feel like we, I feel like we touched on this briefly during the, the episode where we did the whole schedule. Like, I think this only happens three or four times all year, where a, a team has to play a team off the bye back to back weeks, but it happens to the Rams twice for some reason. Maybe they're the the league is facilitating a tank, trying because that's rough, and it's the worst part is. I mean, those aren't bad teams. Pittsburgh is on the come up. Dallas is a very good offense. Obviously, Baltimore has a has put together something, and they have an MVP on the roster. And Washington, at that point, should have McLaurin fully healthy, hopefully. And you know, if Howell has anything figured out, those aren't. It's not like oh, that's coming off a bye, but it's the Texans. Like three of those teams are good. Yeah. You're right, so, and uh, to make matters yeah, worse, your you're only, also, your only you're, real advantage is yeah. you know the the your own buy, and then um, the Giants must be uh, coming off a some sort yeah. of Thursday game there. Yeah, you get a Thursday night or against New Monday. Orleans. Although, honestly, let's be honest, are, are, are we, we? I mean, we're probably flexing Stetson Bennett versus uh, Derek Carr. I'm imagining. I don't know if that's us. That ends up being the Thursday night game. <laughs> we'll see. Um, there's a lot of travel disadvantage. There's a lot of situational spots where you're at a disadvantage. There's a lot of rest disadvantage. This is this schedule is compounding your problems, in my opinion. Um, what limited hope you had of the offense looking like a Super Bowl champion offense is fleeting. Um, this is a tough schedule as as well. And you know, just outside of travel, it's a tough schedule in terms of opponents. You got to play Niners twice. You got to play Philly and Dallas. So the three best, the three best teams with a bullet in the NFC are on your schedule four times. Uh, you got to play the NFC North, which to me looks like one, two, three. Yep, four losses. Um, AFC North, excuse me. You have to play the AFC North to me, which which to me looks like four losses. Um, I don't think you're necessarily better than the Giants or keeping up with the Giants. Uh, I don't think you're realistically at an advantage in any of these games except the two against the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe a rookie quarterback. Uh, I mean, I, man, you don't even have a ton of rookie quarterbacks here. Like, your defense doesn't even really have the benefit of going up against the the absolute, um, you know, bumper crop of young new quarterbacks in the NFL very often. No, we've had a couple teams where we've been like, man, you play the rookies. You play like five times. You play the rookies, and you might even get, you know, Will Levis at some point here. The but only no, one they, you they get have is a ton Diddy. of experienced quarterbacks they're going up against, and even the inexperienced quarterbacks are players. Like, I get we can put Jalen Phillips, Jalen Phillips, Jalen Hurts in that category, inexperienced, but <laughs> good. Like, and you know, even it sucks that Chino Smith suddenly turned it around. Like that's two more games against a decent quarterback. Um, I'd like to play Howell earlier in the season rather than later. Don't give him time to get comfortable with the offense and what they're going to do up there with the enemy. You had, you know, uh, Arizona is week 12. Uh, I'm assuming you have Kyler back. They said it's, this sucks as far as quarterbacks. And, you know, I talked about that pass rush. 
not getting right, probably. If that pass rush doesn't get right, you have a bunch of young guys you're leaving out to hang out covering covering against all these good quarterbacks and you know and then you mentioned some of the disadvantages the the quad buys early in the season the back to back i would assume man just you play at cincinnati and then go at indy the next week just go spend a week go go look at isaac bruce's shit up in canton or something <laughs> yeah like go go, go call who's the is bo pelini still coach call one of the mac teams and just go practice with them for a week like don't go back to the coast Honestly, that game is the bellwether for your entire season. That indie game week four. Tough travel yeah, spot. For that you. is your your rookie quarterback. That's that is it's somebody we saw look a little rough last night. Uh we watched yep. him on Thursday night football. If you can't it's if you can't get your first win, yet. yeah. If you can't get your first win week four, it's I mean, maybe it's coming pack, week six pack, against pack the, it up. Yeah, but I think I think you, you start making phone calls. Aaron Donald, anyone? Any interest in a Hall of Famer no, who's no. still got some left in the tank? Anyone? Anyone? Um, He'd look good in Philly. I was going to ask you where you would send him. You think Philly? Um, I would send him to the AFC, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to have a, you know, see him more often than I have to. I definitely wouldn't trade him to Philly before you play Philly Week 5. <laughs> that, would, um, that would be something. So You know who has a lot of cap space? And this is just, this is silly, but I want to say it. But you could put him next to Miles Garrett. You think the Browns? They have could, all this cap space now. They're like clearing. They're clearing. They're clearing space probably because they're you know this this contract they're going to need to with the uh, the Watson contract. But the Browns have a bunch of cap space they cleared up here. Holy crap! That would. Be Can amazing. you imagine those two next to each other? Gross. That's That'd no fun. Amazing. That would be amazing. Um, what's Imagine the, being on what's the, that side of the line. What's the cap situation with the Chargers? Like, I feel like you do Aaron Donald a solid if you don't even make a move. You know, he gets to stay in LA. Yeah, you don't you even probably don't. Yeah, you, you, don't you probably don't want to do that. Yeah, you don't even sell. Yeah, you just and you do. Yeah, you, you, you you're you're familiar with Brown, everything. The Browns know? actually have the most cap space right now. Wow. Um, the Bengals the could, Bengals could probably afford. They to, got the math magicians over in Cleveland. Can you imagine uh, adding him to a, a Bengals defense? That'd be useful for a very good team. I, I'll be honest with you, man. Aaron Donald as a potential trade piece wherever he goes is like one of the most interesting subplots if you're playing futures markets because I do feel like if that happens, that's like a massive needle mover in terms of equity and ter- you know championship equity, don't you think? You know who makes that kind of move midseason? That's a, such a Rams move. uh, there's no rams gm dna around the league is there oh god you know who has you know who has 20 million in effective cap space the motor city kitties oh now we're talking hutch Hutch comes along a little quicker if you have somebody bang in the middle like that don't hate it let's uh you know who bites kneecaps andy Aaron Donald, who trains with knives, yeah. <laughs> who trains with trying people trying to stab him. Um, all right. Terrifying individual. Terrifying. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see what these betting odds look like for a team we don't. Oh, look at him right there. There he is. Last last time we could see him in that jersey before he's in Cleveland, I guess. I'm, I'm willing it into existence. Sixty-five to one to win the Super Bowl is not for me. NFC thirty-five to one, not for me. NFC West ten to one, not for me. Uh, make the playoffs, yes, plus 285. I'm out. No, minus 375. So the wild card part of this conversation, which we were entertaining as a thought exercise about 10 minutes ago, Andy, 
I'm realizing now through looking at the schedules of the last division, and this is stupid that it always takes actually seeing the schedules and talking it out loud. But the NFC West is kind of kind of kind of fucked. Playing the NFC East and the AFC North as your two crossovers. Mm-hmm. Kind of, oh, you know, we, we've had this. We have this during every bad. year where we'd say like, "Hey, this whole division, you're, this is going to be a theme." Like, guess what? They play the AFC South and they cross over with this. Like, every team is going to get these these easy games. It's the same with the West. Like, they have bad crossovers this year. They have bad crossovers. The uh, the NFC East has bad crossovers relative to last year, which was a step forward. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Saints uh, one seed, uh, Packers one seed. What are we? What are, where are we, where are we at on this? Man? Um, no, in, in seriousness, though, the apparently I made that I made that bet. Packers Jags Super Bowl. Apparently, there's one of the legal books has that at eight hundred to one. Whoa, buddy! <laughs> I know. Whoa. I'm gonna, let's see. I have I, I mean, have money those... in like legal accounts. Just I, I never dude, go down there anymore. I'm not gonna bet that. But if you gave me Packers Jags one seeds now i'm, I'm listening now I'm, I'm listening. 350 now i'm listening um all right so real real in seriousness though i don't think any of the nfc west teams um at the bottom certainly the two at the bottom are realistic chances to get the wild cards um i think win total has been bet pretty aggressively to the under it is at six and a half minus 134 um all unders fine with me i think there's you know there's a chance here that you don't get a win until mid to late October. And at that point, we're selling this thing for parts. Yeah. Range of outcomes. Offense, if they are healthy, if the offensive line comes together, if they're scoring 30 points a game, then congratulations on you your, six and, eighth, your six you and 11 season. Best, yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're the eighth or ninth best team in the conference. Yes. Congratulations on your, season. yes. Congratulations on your six and 11 season. Who are you going to take with the number 11 pick? Yeah, Um, absolute ceiling, seven wins. You know, if everything really came together and they, they, you know, eked out eight, it would just really, really be difficult for me to see them in a position where they're viable for a wild card, like you said. So somewhere in the three to six, three to seven range. And yeah, if they shut down Stafford, that range quickly becomes like three to four. Yeah, yeah. Because you're starting Um, Stetson Bennett, who... Yeah, he's played in some big games. He's yeah. been with some, you know, some good Georgia teams. But yep. for all intents and purposes, is pretty yeah. jacked. He got drafted to be a backup. Like that's a yep. good job. Uh, betting plan of attack: uh, as long as Stafford is healthy, this is a team that I don't mind looking at their game and playing the over. Uh, as long if the if the offensive line comes together and performs league average. This is a team that I would be like, ooh, they're frisky to come back in a game because they can definitely, uh, you know, they, they can, if they can protect the quarterback, Stafford is a pretty good under pressure anyway. He's definitely good against the blitz. Like, you're not necessarily going to get this team off the field uh, if you're trying to protect the lead against them. So, you know, there may be some comeback opportunities. There may be some live take the points with the, with the Rams if they're losing. Um, if the offensive line does not come together, then that goes out the window. Um, I would also say that uh, no lead is safe <laughs> when the Rams have the ball. I don't trust Cam Akers to put away a game on the ground. I don't trust this defense to you know get the opponents off the field. So Rams with the lead is an aggressive bet against for me. Um, and uh, when it becomes the Stetson Bennett show, then uh, we can uh, we can 
you can start over with our entire concept of this team. What's your plan? Yeah. Agnostic, like you said, if the offensive line plays well enough for Cup and the tight end and your whatever you're going to get at Cam Akers to, to do anything, it's a team that can move the ball. But yeah, like you said, even if they are leading, the, the lack of a pass rush is probably going to be Oh, the other team is just going to move down the field if they they have to go into quick, you know, passing mode here. So, no lead is safe. Uh, live overs if this offense is looking good, I think. Okay, so to start the season, they got two divisional matchups against the uh, Seahawks and the uh, Niners. Andy, um, they're dogs in both. Um, they have taken money in Week One, by the way. Uh, that opened at five and a half. It's down to four and a half. Uh, four at uh, Circus Sports. So somebody who uh, uh, frequents the uh, the shop in the desert is especially inclined to bet the Rams. Um, the total uh, is come down. Oh, no, it's down. It's come down from forty seven to forty six and a half at Circa. It's forty seven and a half offshore where uh, where I play. So not exactly sure why there's a disconnect there. This is maybe the only game in the. This is one of two games on the entire slate in Week One that I would sincerely consider betting it over. Um, which is to tell you that my general temperature of the quality of football we're going to get early in the season is not high. Um, do you think uh, Rams are alive against either the Seahawks or the Niners to start the season? Because that look ahead line for the Niners game is like three, which seems insane. No opinion? Uh, I don't know. And I, I was just looking to what limits were like. They're total. still late. Yeah, yeah the t- limit on a total right now is looking like a thousand everywhere so maybe uh maybe we'll see a little more movement on that over the next i think uh, he can get 2500 or so at circa let me see yeah it's not very high though you're right um no i i don't want to be an early adopter on this team i'm interested to see because i've seen that movement i'm interested to see someone make the case out loud so far it's been people who are putting money in Keeping their mouth shut, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, you know, truthfully, like it depends how much you think the wide receiver three matters a little. It's uh, I don't think JSN is gonna play for probably the first few weeks. You don't just break a bone and see it heal that quickly. So, like that's a that's a problem. It is, man. It's a it's a road game in a tough spot. I don't. I don't know what there is to like love about the Rams other than the experience, and maybe, you know, maybe there's some people really pounding the table for Gino wasn't that good. Gino isn't that good. Uh, you're missing basically all the you know all the running backs have been dinged up at some point. You're still missing some pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, maybe you're still not stopping the Rams with what you're putting out there. Yeah, curious like, yeah. to hear someone's thoughts. If someone's if someone's got a strong Rams position, I think there's some people in the Discord that uh, have bet some Rams money line. But against the Seahawks, of, hmm. yeah, that's more of a well. If all those things are true, then why are we even taking the points? <laughs> They're the better team. Hmm. I see. Um. Yeah, I guess I got to think about that one some more. Uh, I had felt like I was so bearish rams to start the cycle here just because like again last like time you were this bearish on the rams they won the super bowl <laughs> that's a good point i don't think <laughs> no I that's a good point 
I don't think that's realistic. But at the at the same point, I mean, how many they signed Miller, they signed Odell, they signed I feel like there's a third one in there. Was there a defensive player that they added as well? Floyd. That's Miller. Maybe Floyd. Uh, I mean, they, they just kept was signing players. Uh, yeah, I really don't remember. They had a they had an absolutely stacked they roster. Active. They were They were. Um, all right. Well, well. I mean, I mean, realistically, they they had Andrew Whitworth, so they had a bookend to keep that offensive line. That helps. He was good. Yeah. All right. Um, Next time we two talk, more. two more we of these. We'll uh, we'll put a bow on these. We are, uh, if you're keeping track, we have uh, thirty down, two to go. I'm excited about the Niners one, and now the more I've talked about Seattle, I'm excited to dig a little deeper on a couple of those things. Especially, you know, it's it's unique compared to some of the ones we talked about in July. Like we're a lot closer to the season with this team, and I think there's a lot of interesting points in the Seahawks. So, yeah, we'll catch you guys on Wednesday. That one will be live the normal time. We'll see you at 8 Eastern right here on this YouTube channel. If you listen to it in podcast form, you know, have a cool day. Whatever it is you're doing, check check out the next one. There'll be more next week. I thought that was going to be a little worse. There's a lot of, you know, <clears throat> what ifs. They're like 20% what ifs. It's not 50-50 stuff.